The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's no, there's no, I feel like there's no timeline. Yeah. Like, yeah. look, man, like I'm, I'm so underpaid right now yeah. as far as my contract and what I contribute to the team. It's like I am, I am relentlessly pursuing this. Like yeah. I, I want to get something long-term done. I want a team that wants me long-term. Yeah. Right. Cause look, I I'm at the peak of my game, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to score you another 20 touchdowns. As long as I'm healthy, I'm going to score you 20 touchdowns. I'm going to have, you know, another 1600 all purpose yards. Yeah. Right. I'm getting half my value of what I could be getting. Preach brother. Listen, who can't relate? I'm I'm for damn sure underpaid. I'm thankful, but I'm for damn sure underpaid. Um, listen, Michael, um, let's do this, bro. I want to run a hurry up offense through some NFL topics because I've identified a through line through today's news and that's that, you know, it's all about the money. All right. When they say it ain't about the money, it's all about the money. It's money matters. Money makes the world go round. Right. Okay. Must be the money. Yeah. So um, let's see how many of these we can power through. All right. Because I, th- I think we can, uh, yeah. we can tackle quite a few uh, NFL hot topics, starting with Austin Eckler, who I seem to recall it was you, Jim Trotter, and Mike Jones, all in yes. the four box on this here show, telling me how, oh, of course, of course somebody's gonna trade for Austin Eckler. He's special. I'm like, yeah, he might be special, but he's a special running back. No. And as no. and as a running no. back That's in this economy, all, all three of y'all wasn't get, all three of y'all weren't trying to tell me how I was crazy. No, oh, okay. Yeah, we told you we we're crazy. You were just we nodding? Say, of course, you were somebody, just nodding? Hey. I said, I didn't say somebody's going to trade for him. I'm saying he's right. What'd you say? I'm saying he's right. He is underpaid. Yes, because you do. He you is do undervalued. Your feed. He is Your feed says he does. he's right. He's 100%. Completely, totally, inarguably. That's what you got to Inarguably. Inarguably. He's right. He's right. Because I, we act like, I, I just, I, I hate, I hate how this happens in a lot of sports where somebody will, uh, will identify an area where we pay too much attention. We are overvaluing something. And baseball, uh, many years ago, was uh, RBI. You know, oh, no, we're overvaluing batting average. We're, over, we're overvaluing RBI. We're undervaluing on-base percentage. And that's true. And somebody will take that, that kernel of truth and turn it into something completely different where you go the other way. And anybody who can give you an RBI, anybody who's got a high batting average, oh, well, don't worry about them. We've done the same thing in football. Running back, oh, you just get a running back in the second round. You just get a running back in the third round. You just get a running back in the fifth round. That's you know, not it, new. It doesn't matter. That's not it new. It does. Though. First of all, it's it's also not true. You can't just get any Where running get back Eckler? who's going to be who's going to be Austin Eckler. Okay, so everybody's going to be so you can do that. Just keep replicate that. Then give me four give me four examples of Austin Eckler. You can't because they're not there. Austin Eckler yes, is I a record setting. He's a record-setting running back. He's special. I told you earlier, first six years of his career, two guys, Austin Eckler and Lenny, and, and Lenny Moore, are the only two guys mm-hmm. in NFL history to have the production 
that Eckler has. That's right. They give me an amen. That's an amen from Stokely. That's an amen and dog. <laughs> they bark. So listen, <laughs> listen, Eckler, Eckler, we is a, an incredible offensive weapon. So just because yes, he he's is. got RB after his name doesn't mean that you can't place him on the field and create a mismatch like you can with the wide receiver. Like you can with Mike, the slot guy. It's the Mike, same thing. I, Mike, I'm not saying he's not right about the player that he is. I want to be clear. I'm not saying he's not right, but I'm telling you the real. I'm, I'm dealing in reality, not his opinion of himself, which is grounded in fact, just for housekeeping purposes. He signed a four year, $24.5 million contract in 2020. Uh, his average annual salary is 14th among all NFL running backs. Uh, he is due uh, this coming season in the last year of his contract 6.25 million. That definitely is underpaid for somebody who produces no at his level. But you can right. find running backs in the mid round, in the late round, if you really want to reach for a running back in the second round. Can you or find one like undrafted? him? Yes, you can find all you can find running. Yes, they come and go and they don't last that okay, long. So okay, the, the guys that have expensive running backs, you know what they're trying to do for the most part? Figure out how to move on from them. All we hear all offseason is how the Vikings might be getting rid of Dalvin Cook. So he is right, but deserves Dalvin got Cook nothing to do with it. Dalvin they they fell all off. fall off. So, uh, it's the nature of the position. They like, all fall off. So who are these guys? Well, where are these Ecklers? Yeah, 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 give me all these. Where are all these Holly Berries? Where are all these Holly Berries? Okay, no, se second day in a row, Jamie Foxx. Um, but that where are they? Second day in a row. That is good. That is good. All right, so that is good. Where are they? Where? where so NFL, tell me. NFL history and, and Michael, NFL history and modern contemporary NFL history is littered with running backs who could produce. Do they produce twenty touchdowns a season? To your point, of course not. Okay. But who okay. can produce okay. enough? I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm saying that I'm saying the nature of the position is as such. Okay, if this, okay, I'll, I'll say what I said a couple of days ago. I'll say what I said in the initial conversation when the three of y'all were telling me I knew what I was talking about. Where are all the suitors then? And that's not out of res disrespect for Austin Eckler, but where are all the people yeah. lining up for this special player? Why is he going on a media campaign to talk about his his his, his situation, his plight, if he's so special? He's exceptional, but he is not an exception to the running back rule, which is you can get him for cheap, younger and cheaper. And in this draft class and this free agent class in this economy, I'm sorry. He's not going to okay. And listen, just because I'm saying this, it'll happen in five minutes. He'll get traded in five minutes to get a mammoth contract just because I'm so I'm going so hard so. to paint on this. I know that, that would be, be that awesome. would be phenomenal for, for your purposes. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> we'll oh just run, run that on yeah. loop and I don't see a team coming up off of picks and money even for a player such as him moving on to our next money matters. Okay today in Lamar Jackson developments or non developments as it were. So there's a couple of things uh, per PFT as a representative for Jackson has been uh, contacting at least one team regarding a potential offer sheet. Apparently that representative is not certified by the NFLPA, which is a whole nother can of worms. Uh, but that representative reportedly is telling people that he doesn't want a fully guaranteed deal that he might be ready to move on from the Ravens. But what I want to focus on is Stephen Holder, my man Stephen Holder over at ESPN. He says the Colts 
haven't ruled out uh, potentially pursuing Lamar Jackson. Here's the money quote, money passage from his article. Indianapolis did not rule out having discussions with Jackson according to a team source. However, the club has not taken any substantive steps regarding Jackson and it is unclear whether it intends to do so. Team sources have expressed skepticism about pursuing Jackson, but there is but there are, excuse me, compelling reasons for the Colts to investigate Jackson's availability. After all, it cost him nothing to simply have a conversation. And can a ah. team that has had the Colts problems at quarterback afford to rule out That's any it. avenue to landing a proven starter, even when the process is complicated? That's the thing. Right now, the amount of teams committing professional malpractice by not at least talking to this dude because he's vulnerable right now. If you whisper the right sweet nothings in his ear, who knows what he would sign for right now? Maybe they wait until after the draft so they can give up 24 and 25 picks. I don't know. But my God, like at least talk to my guy. Or whoever yeah. is representing Look, him. <laughs> Certified right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, and you know, that's a that's a little side hustle. I'm sure uh, the NFL is cracking down or NFLPA might be cracking down on this, but it, it happens for players who don't have agents. It happened with Roquan Smith when he was with the Bears. He had somebody, he had an agent, not really an agent, speaking on his behalf, and they shut it down, and he right. signed a deal, probably with the advice of that agent slash non-agent. But, Mike, right. I'll say it this way. As, as journalists, we're both journalists, or we used to be. Uh, I would say <laughs> competitively, I'd say competitively, there's a responsibility to, uh, to talk to Lamar Jackson for half the teams in the league. And journalistically, it's your responsibility to do it. Don't come back to me. Don't come back to my editing desk and tell me what you heard and so-and-so said, second-hand, third-hand, fourth-hand. My question for you as an editor is going to be, did you make a call? Who'd you reach out to? What do you know? What'd they say to you? Oh, I didn't make a call. I just heard from so-and-so. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear what you think you know about Lamar Jackson. Bring this guy in. I heard I've heard so many teams either directly or indirectly complain about players and their agents and their agents spin information. If we could just sit down in a room without the lawyers and we could just talk this out. Yeah, uh, you know, blah, blah, all the cliches. Well, here he is Lamar Jackson, no yeah. agent. And he's available at a discount because let me tell you $32 million a year. If he were to sign that with the Baltimore Ravens, that's a discount for a quarterback at 32? that level. 32? 32? No, I'm I don't saying think he's going for 32. Oh, that's a hell of a discount. No, I'm saying oh, the oh, you mean the franchise tag. Oh, oh yeah, the but he ain't doing that tag. a year, though. Yeah. I got you, but he ain't doing right. that a year. That's not going to be his average. Got you. So, okay. yeah. so my, my point is, hey, you got an opportunity here. He's 26 years old. There's some friction, maybe even dysfunction, not just in a relationship, yeah. but I'm starting to see some signs in the organization, uh, I'm seeing some signs from a that look, I don't listen. really like here. Go in there. Back in the day, when you and I, you and I used to frequent the club back in the day. You in the club, you you don't, don't care what's that. going on. You did, but you don't care what you did. I listen, hey, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm a quote positive K for you old folks watching the show. Okay, I got a man. What's your man got to do with me? He got a team. Okay. Like, listen, I can make you happier. Like, if, like, who cares what Lamar Jackson, whatever drama he had going on with the Ravens and why they couldn't get a deal done. You come in and be the closer. It's your job to shoot your shot. If a Lamar Jackson is sitting there all by himself, sipping on his drink and ain't nobody next to him. It's like, let me walk up and see what's happening. I don't see no ring on his finger or her finger as the case may be. So 
if any team should be desperate to stop the quarterback carousel, it should be the Indianapolis Colts. This makes a ton of sense. All right, back to stuff that ain't making dollars. Um, Cam Newton, Auburn's pro day. Your boy Cam Newton, not ready to start that media career that you said he should have started a long time ago. Cam Newton yeah. throwing at Auburn's Why pro not? day, and he announced it. He announced it, of course, on the gram with that funny uh, font or whatever that writing is that he uses. Here he is. Right. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say I can't wait to say Ah, I love it. I love it. Okay. Still got the cannon. Still got the cannon. Oh, well, cannon. Video. Is that him? Is that him catching? Is that him or somebody that looks like him? I'm seeing a lot of people. Okay. Calling the idea and it's official. I will be throwing at Auburn's Pro Day Tuesday. What is it? All the right. So I, like I like it. I like all this part. Oh, that's somebody else. I like all, right, all cool. this stuff. All right, cool. I like all this. Okay. This is. I got no problem with this. I'm happy for him. I'm smiling with him. It's Ain't good to see Cam. Better than me. Yeah. Okay. okay. That, that's where that, I got a problem. That part right there. There we go. That part. Go ahead. You first. But that's the the 32, yeah. right? You talking about the 32 number? Why is that yeah. a problem for you? I know why it's a problem for me. Go ahead. What's go ahead? Why, 32. Why? why? Why is it a problem? Why is it a problem for me? Because yep. Cam Newton. When we last saw him in training camp 2021, uh, I shouldn't say that. That the, the, the penultimate time. Here we go. Right. Using my, my SAT Patriots. words. That yes, the penultimate was training yes, camp. I remember you called it. Training camp with yes, the Patriots 2021. Cut. Yep. Mac yep. Jones gets the job. But then the uh -huh. last time we saw him, he's like, "I'm back." Came back to Carolina, scored a touchdown. Michael yep. Smith getting and, excited, and I went jumping crazy. out of his I chair. I told I sure you, Cam's about to go on the run. I hey, sure hey, did. Here it is. I sure did. I don't sure know. Did. I don't know who this is for. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember. You were going in. You were going in. And then, then we saw Cam Newton take over. Okay, we saw Cam, and Cam. Okay, I, I, Mike. I, I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful because I, I've been entertained by Cam over the years. I enjoy listening to him. I've enjoyed watching him. But I'm going to say this very respectfully as I pass it back to you. Uh, Natalie is working with us. Natalie is doing a great job. Uh, Natalie, could you call Cam Newton and ask him to come on Brother from Another? Because that's what he needs to be doing. He needs to be a guest on this show, a panelist on this show. I'm glad he's at the Pro Day. There aren't 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. There are about oh. 96 there are oh. about 96 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. What? Okay. 32? No, He's okay. a starter? They're not. They're not. They're not. So, okay. The 32 is a problem for me for a different reason. Here's Let me see your list. No, no, no. I'm not. This 32. That shouldn't be his focus. Because there probably aren't 32 more talented quarterbacks in the NFL than Cam Newton. But they're right now, for one reason or another, Fairly or unfairly, probably a, a mixture of both, probably 50-50, there are 32 better fits, whether it's scheme fit, whether it's youth, whether it's potential, salary, whatever it is, 
They are 32 better fits at starters right now. Not to, to say nothing of the incoming rookie class who will assume starting positions. The number for Cam should be 64 because there definitely aren't 64 better quarterbacks than Cam Newton. Cam Newton's focus should be as be, to be a backup right now because if you're a backup, as we all know, you're a play away from being a starter. And, if, and the problem right now is there's this perception that Cam Newton and his aura is his aura, like like Rick James, like, you know, he had that aura growing, growing around. Like he's like he's too big to be a backup. See, the thing about being a backup quarterback, at least as I've been told, is that it's as much politician as it is player. It's not that you just have to be able to step in without a lot of practice reps and perform. You also got to manage that quarterback room. You got to manage the starting quarterback. You got to manage the offensive coordinator. You got to manage the quarterback coach. You got to manage the quality control guy. It's like you got to be almost like a counselor. Cam Newton, we know you can throw the football. We know you can still run, probably better than most quarterbacks. Cam Newton needs to be probably from a talent standpoint. From a talent standpoint, like my point is arm talent. Like, is he the most accurate? No, Michael. We know he's never been the most accurate. But you know that he, from an arm talent standpoint, he can throw the football. He's a physical specimen still. But can he be a backup that is willing to, to take on the responsibility, the babysitting responsibility, if you will, of being a backup and be somebody who's an energy giver and not an energy taker to the rest of that locker yeah. room and to the starting quarterback? Okay, we got to keep, keep going. Just, hurry up offense. We, we can keep going. Can I, can I just take real quick? Make it quick. Go ahead. That sound. Make it quick. That sounded good. That's a bunch of BS. Okay, go ahead. Okay. That sounded good. Fair enough. BS. You know what? And to adhere to my own timeline, I will accept you calling my take BS, and I will move right along. Speaking of BS, you was on that bullshit when it came to the Philadelphia Eagles and them running roughshod over the San Francisco 49ers. And here are here's a former Eagle, Javon Hargrave, saying what? He got he got granted he got his new money from said 49ers. But okay. he was like, you know what? It would have definitely been different. It would have most definitely been different had the Niners had Brock Purdy. So I ain't really got a take on this. As much as I just want to show you that those who know, know that the Eagles, I ain't taking nothing away from them. They deserved it. There's no asterisk next to their appearance in the Super Bowl. But if you can't even pass, if you can't even throw the ball, guess what? You shit out of luck. So the 49ers okay. had no chance. And Javon Hargrave said what I've been trying to tell you. Um, so there's that. Okay. But I don't want to spend much time on that. There's another Eagles. I don't either. Go ahead. Go rebuttal. I don't either. You can retort. Allow you to retort. There's my rebuttal. (laughs) I'm staying on, I'm staying on theme with the through line Uh since it's money. Hey, what's the, what's the song? Some people got to have it. Okay. Look, he just said like, they ain't pay that much, Javon. They pay that much to lie <laughs> that okay. Now you're now you're with the Niners and it would have been a different story. Calm down. You got the contract. Check's not going to bounce. Keep it moving. All right. What else? Okay. Also, I'm speaking of lies. Is CJ Gardner Johnson telling a lie? Not at his situation with the Eagles didn't work out. He took a one year deal from the Lions. This is our team Man. now. Now I'm gonna put you on the spot. This is both your teams. Are the Lions actually more talented than the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles? Nah. Okay. Nah. 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 He's also he's nah, al- he was nah. also he was also acting out on Twitter. By the way, he's also acting out on Twitter. He deleted him, but he was talking about uh, Hertz don't what is it? Hertz don't it? I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe you know Hertz don't it? And he said it's getting ridiculous at this point. No, he didn't say that. I'm sorry. He said Philly fans call me overrated. Y'all was just my friend switch ups. Um, so anyway. Ah. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's he, he's uh he's feeling he, froggy, so he's jumping now that he's a Detroit Lion. But I think there's an listen. argument. Like the Lions, they they don't have the same level of proven talent. To say nothing of yeah, some yeah. talent has left the Philadelphia Eagles. We know that. Yeah. Uh, some players have yeah. moved on. But I mean, when you look at the Lions and what they have on both lines at wide receiver, oh, okay. it certainly Hurts is certainly a better quarterback. But Hertz I think the Lions' okay. point I is. People are people are done sleeping on the Lions. The Lions sleeps tonight, but people ain't sleeping on the Lions. And I think CJ Gardner Johnson is he drinking the Kool Aid a little bit? Yeah, but it's some damn good Kool Aid. That's all I would say about that. Yeah, you know. And the other thing is, I got to wonder about this from from Gardner Johnson talking about my Lions that that way. He took them to another level today. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs for what five years? Okay, let them make the playoffs first, and then and then we can talk about it. But then. you know, to be going at, to be going at Jalen Hurts, to even put Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts' name yeah. shouldn't be in your mouth, because the last time I saw y'all, your defensive coordinator out in Arizona, uh, he took the second half off of the Super Bowl, and then the defense <laughs> didn't do anything. They didn't do nothing. Yeah. Like why are you talking about J- Jalen Hurts? May have been the best player in the Super Bowl. Even I though mean, I told you I, I wouldn't have minded co MVPs. I wouldn't have minded. Co- I would not have objected to co MVPs. What are you talking about? I mean, that, I, I even for both these guys, even, even for pun, right. even for pun purposes, just, yeah. just don't mention Jalen. Leave both these guys are just excited. All right, we got a couple more. We got to get to, and then we got to get to Jay Adande. Um, we can make these yeah. two quick. Magic Johnson, reportedly a part of Josh Harris's um, group that is bidding to buy the commanders. All I want to say about magic is magic Johnson has the all time record for like being involved in stuff like magic is always like in the mix. Like, yeah. you know, we hey, we, 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 need, we need to get some sizzle. We need to add some sizzle to this package. Let's call magic magic been magic and had TV shows, Starbucks, movie theaters, magic foundations. Uh, uh, he been a part of every ownership group in LA damn near. I mean, the Dodgers. It's very clear how much. Can, wait, this is my favorite quote. Part of my favorite report. Part of the Lakers. The Dodgers. Part of the Dodgers. Right. It's unclear how much capital Johnson's contributed to the group. None. He Magic Johnson. That's all the capital he need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I got what you got, Magic. Okay, that's enough for us. So that would yep. be awesome. Daniel Snyder up out of here, and if Magic Johnson, anything he's a part of, I am supporting. Somebody who is not lacking for money. That's what costs a lot of money. Somebody was not lacking for money. Last topic that we powered through Roger Goodell will probably get another extension at the upcoming league meetings. I think he makes like $60 million a year or something like that. That's all I was thinking. That's all. That's all I was thinking. Like again, I'll go back to how we started with Austin Eckler. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Does Roger Goodell deserve to get this much money? Of course he does because he is the perfect shield for the shield. Like every time we talk about what's wrong, like our boy Jim Trotter, I mentioned Trotter earlier. Our boy Jim Trotter gives Roger Goodell the business. It is an annual tradition. He gives him the business at every Super Bowl press conference and Roger got to sit up there and take it and got to have his voice and his and all of his bad sound bites played. Roger just takes it. He takes he takes. Listen, Roger eats shit for $60 million and hell I kind of sort of work for Roger at this point, but it's the truth. Like it's like, yeah, that's he takes every all the bullets for the owners. All of them, right? Like the owners could sit there and not be available to the media, not say a word, do their business and not have to be accountable because we're running out Roger and the pie just keeps growing. So as that pie gets, just keeps growing, 
I mean, listen, he earning his money. I know that much. Last word, yeah, Rally yeah, Roller yeah, Music. Yeah, yeah, he's the face of everything, really, in the league. And so he deserves it. Yeah, he deserves the money he's getting because the league has it. But I think also players deserve uh, guaranteed contracts, too, because the league has that money, too. Like, you can't, you can't make the argument that Goodell deserves his and then argue against players and nickel and dime them. You really can't. Here's the other oh, thing. For uh, Magic, sure. I want to go. The league is nothing. I want to go to Magic. Players. I want oh, to yeah, go to Magic go real quick. Uh, yeah. You said last week that you know Michael Jordan is really like the 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 ambassador. Like he's the he's the poster for what it should be. He's the art, not even the poster. He's the he's right. in the Louvre. I, I completely he's the artwork, Magic. the masterpiece. I, I of what it should be. Magic. But Magic, but no, Magic. No, I think Michael Magic. is one. No, I think Michael yeah. is one. I think Magic's two. Yeah. Magic, yeah. Magic's yeah. in that top five. Well, I don't, I, well, I don't even know if he's number two. I mean, as a mogul, I think a lot of guys love to pick Magic Johnson's brain about how to move. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, the Grizzlies uh, beat the Mav last night as John Moran nears John Morant, beg your pardon, nears a return to the court. He could return uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, who had an eventful night himself with the whole Jersey exchange snafu with Kyrie Irving, so everybody got their jokes off again at Dylan Brooks. Grizzlies win again. Brooks catches another L. Dylan Brooks said Jai even offered to come off the bench, which I was obviously, you know, shot down. I think he even got a standing ovation, uh, John Morant did. But back to Kyrie Irving. Uh, again, the Jersey snafu got a lot of attention. But he also said that there's been an overload of judgment when it comes to Ja Morant, J.A. Adande. Um, and I love, I mean, you've covered the, the NBA for years, sports in general, but the NBA closely for years in particular. And I'd love to hear your perspective on just how the Josh story has been covered, especially given some of the shenanigans that players have gotten in the past, but not necessarily in the social media in the digital age, but how the Josh story has been covered, the precedence for, for Josh's behavior and, and, and cautionary tales, and just where Josh goes from here, Professor. I will say this, uh, there's been selective outrage over who has a gun where, uh, to, to borrow from the title of, of the Chris Rock show. Um, it, it's funny, he he gets in trouble for having a gun in an establishment called Shotgun Willies, where there's a big neon <laughs> sign with a, a shotgun outside. There. So the notion, <laughs> right, you can't have a gun, this is Shotgun Willies. It reminds me of the old movie, <laughs> Dr. Strangelove. You can't fight in here, this is the war room. And so you know, the, the notion that he gets in trouble in a state where we have a, a member of Congress whose Christmas card featured her and her family and including her kids all toting weapons, right? They're all holding open guns. Open carry state. Right, yeah. right. You know, I mean, the fact where we see, you know, I, I'm wondering, is Jaw going to get suspended by the league or was he going to get invited to the next Republican convention? Because anytime somebody waves a gun, it seems like they're front and center and they're honored guests at the next Republican National Convention. So, the, A, the selective outrage over someone with a gun where we see many people celebrated for guns. They're proud. They're waving guns left and right, including on their Christmas cards. 
they have guns. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to me that, that this notion of that this complete fascination that this country has, this worship of guns that the country has, but it depends who's holding the gun, right? And what they look like, uh, whether or not we choose to elevate them or to punish them. Now, certainly within the context of the NBA, yes, this is right. something that you can't have, including the, the history of the NBA and, and the sometimes difficult racial tightrope that, that the NBA uh, walks and that David Stern fought to, to uh, push back against. And, you know, you, you, Michael Smith, you mentioned the history of this, you know, obviously it, you thought back to, um, you thought back to Gilbert Renas and what yep. got him suspended. And, and it's funny that, again, there were serious allegations of, of John Morant, you know, flashing a weapon at a, at a teenage boy, as was alleged in that Washington Post story. Um, that's not what got him in trouble is this Instagram live thing. If you remember Gilbert Arenas bringing the guns into the locker room wasn't what got him suspended. It was doing the dance, the the, the finger guns <laughs> dance in a warm-up yeah. in a picture that went viral for its day that David Stern said we can't have that. And that's basically what led to the demise of his time in Washington. But it you certainly know what, got him suspended. Uh, he didn't get suspended so that picture yeah. of him with the finger guns and the warm-ups got out there. But I, I want to get your perspective on this because I think, uh, and, and tell me if you disagree. I think Adam Silver uh, and the NBA, I think they have gone out of their way to try to allow certain players to figure it out themselves before they come in. So that's why I think it's appropriate that Ja and Kyrie were hugging there because Kyrie was in the same situation. Hey, Kyrie, if you could just say, you know what, we're going to allow you, just do a press conference, just say you're not anti-Semitic, and we can move on. And he wouldn't do it. Yeah. And they suspended him. Ja had so many uh, examples and so many opportunities to just be like, hey, nah, nah, I'm not, you know, this is not, I'm, I'm not really about this. Story kept coming up. You mentioned the Washington Post. There were several Washington Post stories. There were se several incidents. And then eventually, I think the NBA said, okay, we got to do something because Ja Memphis ain't figuring out on their own. So we got to step in. I mean, and he was dead and down that road. Yeah. It, it was similar to Gilbert Arenas. It's funny after the Washington Post story came out. So this stuff is out there about job weapons. Of course, we had the allegations where the Indiana Pacers felt like somebody had trained a, a laser sight on them from from a car with, mm -hmm. with John Moran's buddies in it. Um, all this stuff was in the air. And I'm watching a game and one of John's teammates, it's a big shot. And John's doing like this. He's shooting guns going back to the huddle on the sidelines. I'm thinking this is just, you know, you want to be careful of what you're putting out there. And then to go on Instagram live. I mean, talk about, you know, self-inflicted damage. You know, no one shot this. This wasn't video like just like those pictures. With somebody else's gun. strip club making it rain. Right, right, right. With somebody I mean, else's. why? Well, allegedly. What are you proving? Allegedly. Right? I mean, Right. Well, well, the league investigation has determined, for their purposes at least, that that it was somebody else's gun. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, yeah. Right. Just to, the lack of awareness, you know, and yes. and that's what, yes. you know, Holly. To to get back to what you were talking about, like he's got to be. You got to read the room. You got to see what's out there. And yeah, yeah. Don't make us come in because when we come in, it's going to be a lot more drastic. Well, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say for himself when he does eventually meet with the media if he hasn't already. Um, well, he well, talked like with Jalen Rose, and I thought that was a mistake, too, because he sits down with Jalen Rose well, before he's eligible to play again. So my thing is, well, don't talk before you're fully reinstated, right? He wasn't reinstated yet. Like, what do you have to say? You know, how can you say you've learned yeah. your lessons yet 
What updates can yeah. you provide? It's been like a week. You know, this is this well, gonna be a long process. I, to, so to I sit saw, down and give that interview, I thought was wrong. I, I saw the interview. I meant what else he has to say. Just I'll leave it at that. Um, but um, pun intended. Hopefully he dodged the bullet here. Um, Jordan <laughs> is uh, reportedly selling his majority uh, stake in the Charlotte Hornets. J. A. Uh, J. Adande, co-star of The Last Dance. Uh, Michael and I were talking about uh, Jordan as an owner, and, and in no way am I absolving or excusing the Hornets' putrid record with him at the helm. But I believe, and maybe this is me just being a Jordan sycophant that I am, I believe that Michael Jordan's failure as an owner is used to knock down the otherwise unassailable player's legacy a peg or two because for the most part over the and a lot of ownership groups have changed they've come and gone they've gone through highs and lows but for the most part with some a lot of with, with some exceptions but for the most part he's not unlike most owners of most of his fellow owners other than that he's the greatest player in NBA history most of them they have no idea what they're doing when it comes to management your thoughts on Jordan as an owner I know the record. I'm just sad that that I'm sad that it didn't work out. And, and it's funny you spoke of the last dance, uh, for which I appeared in three minutes and two seconds over the course of the <laughs> ten episodes. Um, but you were like the second seconds. voice we not, heard, though. Not, not, you were not, like, I, you I, like, I'm in there early. I'm the second talking head. That very you hear early. My Boban and NBA. Yeah, they were right talking heads. Yeah. Uh, not nine seconds less. So bomb. Some somebody went through and they tracked every all the on air time <laughs> for all the talking heads. So I I got three three minutes and two seconds. I think. Um, but it, it's funny, it actually came on. I was watching the last episode of it uh, just Sunday morning. I, I, I was in a hotel and turned on TV, and there it was. And, you know, to see Michael at his peak again and to think that we're, what, a good quarter century beyond that, and, you know, to realize, and I think part of this was realizing that he will never be as great at anything else again as he was at playing basketball, you know, and, and so many people, athletes, they're forced to retire at such an early stage of their life relative to the rest of their lives that they're constantly searching for that next thing. It'll be interesting to see Tom Brady, who has been the hungriest and, and the greatest and has had so much passion and so much success in that phase of his life. Will he be able to find anything that comes close? Michael Jordan has searched and searched and searched again mm. for two decades, including trying to come back and play basketball one last shot. And, and and see how he could stand up against those young guys. You know, Smith, you talk about, you know, we we, we sometimes use this against them. I, I don't think so. Uh, we don't use the Washington Wizards. Not, not we. Against, against him. <laughs> some, pe right. some people but, do. But, but, some but people the, do. The, the Forget it, forgetting uh, how great he was at, in Washington. Right, right. I think <laughs> it's been at that but but I, th I think, you know, the, the last dance did show a whole new generation what exactly he was about and how great he was mm -hmm. and how much he cared and how how driven he was. Uh, so I, I don't think this is, I, I always say, uh, you know, your, your legacy is set. There, there's the Elvis exception where, you know, sometimes we remember the Vegas Elvis as opposed to Elvis at his peak. But for the most part, I, I call it it's a Pat Rileyism, or it sounds like a Pat Rileyism, the principle of peak preservation, that we remember people <laughs> at their best. And when we think of Michael Jordan, when the name yeah. Michael Jordan comes up, uh, we're going to remember him in that Bulls jersey, you know? Yeah, sick. I remember Jordan game six, you know, that holding yeah. holding the shot the follow through up after that and then and then the six and then uh, yeah. I, we never got to see until the last dance where 
he's giddy in the locker room back with Scotty going, six of them, six of them. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts because that, that was Michael like we normally don't see him. You know, in that throes of ecstasy after winning his sixth champion, championship, he's just he's getting ready to pop the bottle of champagne and just saying, six of them, six of them. <laughs> That's the type of Michael Jordan we're going to remember. Well, speaking of uh, people we will never uh, forget uh, and whose legacies we'll always remember, because his name is synonymous with uh, playing through pain, with, uh, you know, showing up just to give your team a boost. Like, even people who never watched him play know the name uh, Willis Reed, who has died at the age of 80. Uh, the National Basketball Retired Players Association announced on Tuesday. He, of course, uh, won two NBA titles. Uh, with the New York Knicks and um, who could forget Will Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel. Uh, it's just it's one of the iconic images uh, throughout NBA history. You got any Willis Reed stories? Uh, either one of you guys. I don't know if you, you know, Michael. <laughs> I, I do. Your, your NBA I, beat days. Yeah, what you got? Willis Reed once inquired about my availability. The closest I ever came to having a chance to play in the NBA. I was up doing a story on, on Willis Reed uh, or I was doing a story on the Nets. They were still the New Jersey Nets, of course in the 90s, and uh, they were having some some issues with the point guard position. Kenny Anderson had come and gone, and, and they were looking for a point guard, and I was talking to Willis Reed about it when he, he was the general manager there, and he, he, he was out ideas. At one point, he turned to me and said, can you play point guard? <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't play a little point back in my day, but I, I don't think I'm what you're looking for. Uh, but that's as close as I ever came to having a chance to play in the NBA. So thank you, for Willis Reed, for even for a split second, wow for allowing me to entertain the notion of playing in the NBA. But I, I think it proves your point, Michael, because he was not great. He did not enjoy great success uh, as, as the general manager of the Nets. And yet, the principle of pre-preservation, when you see the name Willis Reed, when you learned of his passing away, I'm guaranteed, just like everyone else, Mike, we thought of that grainy footage of him coming down the hallway yep. of Madison Square Garden out of the tunnel and, and onto the court, limping his way into to score those four points that he did. So so right. we will remember him at that at that peak moment, just like we always will remember Michael Jordan at his peak. Yep. Hey, uh, did he ever offer you a job, Michael Holly? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, before before we get to uh, one more thing on the NBA, which before we uh, you know change courses, uh, would love to get your thoughts on just the contemporary. Uh, discourse around MVP. Willis Reed, a former MVP, the award now named after Michael Jordan. It went from Nikola Jokic about to join that rare air of being a three-time MVP to the people who who were inclined to vote for Nikola Jokic have now been bullied uh, into like, <laughs> no, you, you better not put this dude in the, in the company with Larry Bird. <laughs> it's been a disinformation campaign. A disinformation campaign <laughs> has come out against Nikola also, Jokic. But also, Joel Embiid is just is just, is just taking that thing. So I just I just would love to know what you think of the the race right now. Now that we're getting close to the end of the season, which we should have waited for to begin with, but also just the way that the conversation and the debate around MVP has evolved in all your years of coverage the race, the and, and voting for the, the race award. and the race uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, in the MVP. The, the the first part we should have been waiting, you know, and I know. Part of the problem is, you know, and and sorry, shows like this contribute to it, but uh, oh, we, you know, we start we having the, we start having the MVP debate in November. You know, <laughs> like we get two weeks in, who's the MVP? No one's the MVP in November. You know, <laughs> uh, we 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 did it a, a couple years ago, 
Steph Curry had that incendiary April where he's just going off scoring 40 every game. Oh, this means he's the MVP. No, it means he's the player of the month for the month of April. You know, look at the totality of the season and it wasn't enough. Um, let's wait. What happened to waiting? I remember Steph Curry's first MVP 2015. I had a vote and I was leaning toward James Harden the majority of the season. You know, I thought James Harden had been the MVP. And then there was a late uh, TNT game and I'm watching Curry might have been against the Rockets even, but he put on an MVP type performance. And that was sort of the clincher for me. And, and I think people should allow for those moments. They should allow to see how it plays out. And after everyone seemingly had said that determined that Jokic was going to be a three-time MVP, he sort of fell off. Jokic and Giannis both came up to re-enter the chat and to make it clear that this thing is far from decided and what are the criteria is going to be. I define MVP as the player who does the most to put his team in position to win a championship. Obviously, you're not going to win a championship in the regular season. But to me, the yeah. regular season is about positioning yourself, you know, trying to get the top seed, A, trying to qualify for the playoffs, positioning yourself for the championship. What player meant the most? I put a lot of emphasis on that most. And I define value as contributing to winning and as to putting your, yeah. your team on a course yeah win a championship you don't have to win a championship i thought lebron right. should have been the mvp in the 2015 nba finals even though they didn't win he did the most mm. to put his team mm. in position to win the championship in that series mm. Mike, go ahead. Okay. all right well let me ask you this uh, uh we're gonna switch gears i'm gonna ask you a baseball question on the way out ja true story <laughs> and if you ever been to cambridge massachusetts they move a little different in cambridge than than the rest of massachusetts <laughs> and maybe even the rest of the country uh, Berkeley can relate Berkeley uh, in California. So uh, Saturday night I was in a restaurant in Cambridge. It was after 6 p.m. on the TV. No sign of March Madness instead World Baseball Classic USA versus Venezuela and they were going crazy when Venezuela did something a lot of uh, Venezuelans in the room going crazy when Venezuela hit a home run and so World Baseball Classic. I think it means a lot more outside of the to, to some outside of the United States than it does to us. But look, I'm excited. Jay, I love what it's become. I love the final Japan versus US. How do you see this thing uh, uh, playing out? Just like just your perspective on the World Baseball Classic. Hey, I hope we get to see Shohei Otane pitching against Mike Trout. How great that would, would be that fun. be? And yeah. you know, just the anticipation and, and in watching this, I was watching a lot last night. Uh, that that Mexico Japan game was as great a baseball game as you're ever going to see with 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 a walk off hit to to end it, and I, you know, a this is what baseball should be like, but b uh, you get the anticipation and you know we get on, we're used to anticipation in October and I think that's what baseball is built on the moment okay the closer is facing the cleanup hitter of the other team you know with with the the winning run on base etc. You know, that, that anticipation, the drama, and we're getting that from this. And we're getting the passion that we don't normally see in baseball in America. We're seeing how much this sport means to other countries. And you just wonder if some of that can spread and can catch and can last here in the United States. Because this is what baseball yeah. should be like. Fun, passionate, right. dramatic, all that stuff. My Fun. one last thing, they should play it in the middle of the summer. Just take a break, shut it down like, like NHL yeah. and the Olympics and just played in the summer. So, Michael, that you don't have to choose between this and March Madness or a big NBA fun, matchup. 
fun, passionate, sometimes dramatic, but in a good way. That describes Jay Adonde. Good to see you, brother. <laughs> hey, what can you come on in April so we can talk NFL draft? That's it. Go to break. Go to break. <laughs> go, go to break. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know that's your favorite event. I know that's your favorite sporting event. You love it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I wanted to go somewhere that that I felt like I had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And when I went there, I I sat down with Coach, I sat down with the GM, I sat down with all the, the coaching staff, and I felt like Carolina was the place to do that. I feel like there there is a real chance to win a Super Bowl, and that gets me so excited. Um, I think the 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 staff of how excited they were that I was there um, and what I could bring to that offense to that team to help them uh, win football games was was exciting. And then all the pieces are adding. I mean, uh, when they added Andy Dalton, that was a huge part to me going there. Just uh, knowing that a veteran guy's put a lot of ball um, can really groom and help. Um, lead a team and a young uh, quarterback that will be coming in, um, and then and then Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. You know th- these guys. You know I, I know they're talking to a couple other receivers that oh, could oh, really help. Oh, the guys oh. they already have there. So um, a defense that's that finished I think in the top ten last year. Um, um, I'm excited. I, I couldn't be more excited. You know I didn't know it was going to happen this free agency. There was other teams um, that were kind of putting some pressure on, but. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited to be a Panther, and I and I truly mean that. Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. finished strong with very limited resources in Carolina on the fly, and, and this is what uh, uh, black folks know what I'm talking about. In a number of professions, we're handed a bunch of crap at times, and hey, make the best of this, and we make something out of it. So Steve Wilkes did that with the Carolina Panthers who were left left for dead and by the way moved on for Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey as he was trying to figure it out. So at the end of the year, David Tepper doesn't even have uh, the, the decency to go to his final game. And after Steve Wilkes is fired, they bring in Frank Reich. Frank Reich, uh, they make a trade for the number one pick. They assemble this all-star coaching staff my point is they could have done the same thing with Steve Wilkes. They could have spent they yeah. could have spent resources on the coaching staff. They could have moved mm-hmm. up for the number one pick. And now Frank Reich will get credit for a better operation than Steve Wilkes ever had a shot at it getting. And so this is what's so damn frustrating. It is it about is the plight of black coaches in this league. The beat goes on. Steve Wilkes never had a chance. Those are the first words from our guest to Sean Reed of The Athletic. He covers the Raiders and the NFL for The Athletic. Those are the first words of his column introducing his five-part miniseries called uh, Between the Lines. Uh, It's available now, and to Sean, through 18 months of reporting and writing, explores how America's biggest game has failed to grapple with America's biggest issue. You heard Michael Holly preach a word yesterday, episode three 
uh, I believe in the podcast series tackles the invisible ceiling when it comes to uh, black coaches in the NFL. What was the key takeaway from your reporting from that episode? Uh, because it feels like Steve Wilkes, I was thinking about this, Michael Holly, more so than Brian Flores at this point, has become the face of this issue, Tashawn. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was, you know, something that we all knew is, is nothing's changed um, and, and that the reasons are multifaceted, though. I, I know we always focus in on the ownership level. Obviously, they run these organizations, they own them, they make the final decisions in a lot of these these cases in terms of who the next head coach will be. Um, but you also have to put blame on the GMs, you know, that are, that are involved in the hiring process on on acting head coaches for not placing black coaches in positions that lead to head coaching jobs like offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, defensive coordinator. Um, to players willing their power more and, and, and pushing for more change in that front to to us as the media, you know, honestly, uh, making it a, a bigger issue and, and something that we talk about year round and not just, you know, during Black History Month or after the hiring cycle and then we forget about it the rest Correct. of the year. And so when it comes to to figuring out how to find a solution for the issue, we have to take in the big picture of like, this is on everybody, really, in, in terms of pushing for it. Like there's no one group that can suddenly, you know, flip a switch and, and make this change. Oh, Tashawn, why did Steve Wilkes and others? Uh, why did Steve Wilkes never have a ch- never have a chance, and why don't others have a chance? I mean, we all knew what it was with Steve Wilkes. I mean, as soon as he, you know, got that job, like, excuse me, the Panthers. I mean, it was a terrible team. They traded away Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they weren't really trying to win. Like, they surprised and went on that run. Uh, but even then, you know, we, we've seen black coaches get in that position before and, and overperform expectations um, or, or get in jobs like Eric Bieniemy, where they're offensive coordinator and they have all the credentials and they still don't get their opportunity. Like, there's just a different standard for black people um, when it comes to trying to advance their career amongst the coaching ranks, also the executive ranks and multiple other ranks within the NFL. Yeah. And obviously this isn't just an NFL issue. It's something that you could apply to corporate America as a whole and, and many of the most successful businesses in, in, the, in the country. But um, specifically, you know, among the coaching ranks. I mean, we've just seen this too many times and seen too many qualified candidates, you know, meet the bar that that they allegedly set, you know, what they say they're looking yeah. for throughout the hiring process and not get an opportunity. And so it, it, it was never a surprise that he, you know, didn't get that job. You know, I, I think it was, you know, commendable to him that the job that he did there, I don't think any of us expected the Panthers to, you know, be a playoff contender going into the final two weeks of the season. But even then it was like, you know, Maybe this will help him get a defensive coordinator job somewhere, which it did with the, with the yeah. 49ers. Yeah, but like, I, I never really, ex- yeah, 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 I never expected him to get a head coaching job, though. So, and again, this podcast, it delves into what it means to be black in the NFL, the series, and explains how race impacts each level of the league's organizational chart. Be sure to check that out, subscribe, support it. A couple of things we want to hit, you, hit with you with before we go uh, on the Raiders front. Um, Jimmy G, three year contract, does that take them out of the market? Um, for a quarterback potentially at the seventh overall pick or, or maybe early in the draft? It may take them out of the running for one in the first round, but I don't think it'll take them out of the running for one at some point in the draft. They do want to draft and develop a quarterback for the future. They're taking a long-term plan in terms of their, their team-building view. They're not really going for it last year like they did last this year like they did last year when they acquired Devontae Adams and signed Chandler Jones. I mean, just look at their free agency signings. They haven't really done much of anything at note. Um, and where they are at seven is kind of a tricky spot in the draft because you're, it's a high pick, it's a good pick, but especially on quarterbacks, those guys go off the board quickly and, and there's a few quarterback needy teams ahead of them now, the Panthers, the Texans, the Colts, 
a team might yeah. surprise us like the Seahawks or the Lions or a team might trade up to number three with the Cardinals. And so there's really no guarantee that the four consensus, you know, first round guys, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Bryce, Bryce Young, all those guys could be gone by number seven. And so unless they trade yeah. up, there's really no way they can guarantee themselves to get a quarterback that early. But, you know, looking ahead to, to day two, you have guys like Tennessee's Hendon Hooker, uh, Tanner McKee from Stanford. Uh, this is hard to envision. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked, yeah, I asked, I asked Dave Ziegler at, at the draft. Uh, at the combine, um, is, would there, is there a way that they come out of the draft without drafting a quarterback? And he's like, I guess it's possible, but like, I don't see that happening. And so, hey, you know, you know, you never know how the draft board is going to fall, but they're probably going to take a, a quarterback at some point, I would say, in the first three rounds. Hey, listen, next time you come back, uh, put me in check on Derek Carr, because Michael thinks I'm a Derek Carr <laughs> hater, just because yeah. I don't say he's great. He thinks I hate Derek Carr. <laughs> I need you to just Not enlighten great. us on That's the former Raiders quarterback. He's a top 12 quarterback, man. Oh, well, all right. You heard it from the man oh, himself, Michael. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I, told, I, knew, I knew he was going to come on and crush me on that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, I will see y'all next week, but coming up on Holding It Down with Holly... Uh, we got, of course, it's Women's Wednesday tomorrow with Zena Kata and Natalie oh, like coming this. through. Thursday, Hollies with Rita the NFL chick. Friday, Mike and Vinny Goodwill hold it down. So the rest of the week is going to be even better than the last the last two days have been. And then if you uh, go into next week, Mike and Natalie doing Monday. Natalie doing her thing with with Michael, Michael and Jim Trotter. Are you coming Women's back? Huh? Next week, are you coming back? I will see y'all Thursday and Friday. Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm going to the owners meeting. I'm going to the NFL okay. meeting and get some of these answers. Good. Get this sale done. Good with to the see the return. All right, have fun. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.